It is Tuesday, February 12, 2019. That means two things. Number one, I'm having tacos tonight. Number two, you are tuned in to HTM Sports here at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks. My name is Jargo. I will be your host for the day. That's the Huckleberry, the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me. It's that honor of the B to the V. Rick Vickery back again. Hashtag HTM Sports. And yes, it is Tuesday. And that means two things for me as well. Obviously, we are here on hashtag HGM Sports, and I am drinking tequila tonight. Oh my God! Little tequila Tuesday. Tequila Tuesday. Tequila Tuesday. You know, Carly's fantastic when she's on tequila. I haven't done that in a while. It's that's it's very very amusing. We'll have to do, try to do that the next time we're in Chicago or in Vegas or something. Uh, Huckleberry, we got a lot to jump into today because you know I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a short sports run this week. There's not a whole lot to talk about. And then I started writing up the sports run, and I was like, holy crap, this is a packed show. Uh, let's go ahead. Let's start things off with Kyler Murray. Um, the Oklahoma quarterback, there has been a lot of debate. Is he going to go to the NFL? Is he going to play Major League Baseball? He was drafted by the Oakland Athletics uh, last year. And we finally have a decision. Kyler Murray is going to become a NFL quarterback. Huckleberry, number one, do you like the decision of him choosing the NFL over Major League Baseball? And number two, what do you see him as an NFL prospect? Well, I was going to say, this has been, this has been, you know, Brock Collins for great debate. And we've seen this time and time again. Is baseball or football? And we've heard all the different angles. You know, with baseball, you have the longevity. It's easier on your body. Uh, there is that, but you got the guaranteed money, uh, potential for, you know, that long term, that long term money. But, you know, I think, you know, and those things might have been true, you know, up to a decade ago or so, but football is seriously, you know, close that gap, if not surpass going to, to Major League Baseball. Hey, because you got to look. I mean, where he's positioned right now, by committing himself solely to football, he has raised his, you know, his stock is skyrocketing right now. Where he's going to go in that draft, he, and we're talking millions, and that's going to be up front. His signing bonuses is going to be, you know, astronomical compared to what he was going to see in baseball. He's going to be out there within a couple years. You know, where we get strapped, he's likely going to sit for a year. So, He's sitting there making that bench money, getting that big check. I don't know. And right now, and with the NFL being so hot, I think that there's a more there's more avenues for you know marketing, advertising, getting you know pulling in that extra revenue. Now, I, I think right now in this day and age, man, football is definitely the way to go. Um, I, I think I agree with you entirely. Um, but of course, I'm going to play the baseball homer card today. That's why I'm sitting here wearing all my Yankees gear, um, because we would love to have Kyler Murray. Uh, but with baseball, as you were saying, you get the longevity. The The biggest issue, though, is you have to go all the way through the minor leagues. And the minor league contracts are just not anything compared to what even an NFL rookie deal is going to be. So if you want to make money now, absolutely go with football. Uh, the thing with Kyler Murray, though, it seems like Oakland had him basically pegged to fast track through the minors. It looked like he was only going to be on like a three-year minor league deal, and they were expecting that he would be in Oakland or at that time he would be released is, is basically the way that it, the article that I was reading kind of looked at. Um, in that case... I don't know, man. Baseball is a pretty damn tempting position to be in if you're going to be fast-tracked through the minors, and you know that already. Well, let's see, you know, let's take a look at this another angle. If, if, you know, obviously with the fast-track, I mean, he's got some definite talent. 
You know, they're not just going to do this trying to sway him away from football. I mean, if he's got the goods to produce, that's that's why they want him. And they gave him a very lucrative deal there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mainly why, you know, if they're going to commit this kind of money to him, they want him producing on the big stage. They don't want him wasting away and, you know, double and triple, triple away. But on, the flip, but on the flip here, he has a great passion for both of these. He can excel mm-hmm. at each. I mean, he's actually, you know, he's obviously a caliber professional in each sport. So go to the NFL, get that great that great signing bonus. You're going to get that huge first contract. Right now, they're not signing those extensive NFL contracts. You know, he's going to be looking at like a five-year deal there. If it's not panning out, baseball is always there. Where on the flip side, you know, in five years – it's not so easy to go from baseball to football. That sport will have passed you by where baseball is a little bit slower. Once you kind of, you know, it's kind of like riding that bike. If you've got the skills for it, you know, within a relative window, as long as you're looking at, you know, five, seven years, someone's going to give you an opportunity there. Uh, one thing that I did want to bring up when it comes to Kyler Murray, he's very much about the same size as Russell Wilson. Five foot eleven, 194 pounds is what Murray is listed at. Russell Wilson, 5'11", roughly like 206 pounds. Russell Wilson has completely changed this league, Rick. Um, with him coming in, finding his early success, you don't see guys like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore get drafted as early as they did. You don't see Johnny Manziel get drafted as early as he did without Russell Wilson and his success. And I think Kyler Murray is going to kind of be in that same position. My question is, where does he end up? Because kind of depending on the division, I think he could be really, really good, or I think this could end really, really badly. Well, you, you look. You, I like how you brought up the size here, and we're, we're talking about Wilson and somebody like the MVP this year, Mahomes. You know, they've actually they they are changing the dynamic. The NFL, the style of play is now it has it has moved to you know where you can be that smaller stature, that lighter quarterback. You have to be able to move out of the shotgun and all that. The, the game has evolved. It is getting younger. I mean, look at these coaches. I mean, the, the young guys are the hot commodities, and and that's the style of play that they're implementing here. You go back heck, a decade ago, I mean, we're sitting here talking about Murray. He's probably not, or maybe not even getting drafted. It's a no-brainer. Go play baseball. You're not even going to get you're not even going to get a sniff in the NFL. But the game has changed here, and you're looking, you know, with that style of play that they're that the NFL is, you know, what we're used to now. He was going to be a top 15 pick. And that was when they were on the fence. You know, baseball, are they going to have to compete with each other? Now that he is declared, it is football all the way. You got to believe he is, you know, he could be in that top five or, you know, probably in that like five to eight range. Uh, and I, I think even with the style, he jumps. Haskins from Ohio State is the most sought after quarterback. No, in this, in this Haskins class. is the most sought after quarterback in the, if I'm an if, NFL GM and I've got Haskins on the board and I've got Murray on the board, that is a zero no brainer to me. This goes back to the trend in the league. I mean, with Haskins, you've got a true pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and they're getting away from that. So there's arguments to be made. That Murray is the, is the more shot after and a more valuable quarterback for the NFL's current systems right now. And I guess, you know, that, that does play into where he ends up, what style, what, you know, what do they want to move to? What are they going to implement for their offensive strategy? Well, and you say that's the way the league is going. That's the way everything is trending. Who won the championship? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's a completely different dynamic. You got it take out of there. The Patriots are on their own plane, what they're doing right there. The rest of the league is following a different trend. You're seeing the rest of the league, you know, playing more like the Chiefs. That's where they want to move to, playing like the Seahawks. So since playing, you know, that faster tempo game like the Rams, it's, 
it, I mean, we're getting to a point. It's just the Patriots are so good at what they're doing. And look how many other, you know, when they're coordinators, the disciples of Belichick go somewhere else. It falls apart because you can't duplicate that system. So they're looking for other ways to topple that giant. Let's kind of take a look here and see where you may think that Kyler Murray is going to rant, land here. I put in the top 13 picks on your run there because I, I'm just fascinated by this. Cardinals, pick number one. They don't need a quarterback. 49ers, they don't need a quarterback. Jets don't need a quarterback. Raiders don't need a quarterback unless they trade their quarterback. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got Jameis Winston. They seem committed to him. They don't need a quarterback. The Giants, absolutely, I'm, I'm taking Haskins. That's the first quarterback off the board in my mind. If I'm the New York Giants, I'm taking Haskins. And then you have the Jaguars. If, 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 uh, could Kyler Murray end up a Jacksonville Jaguar? Well, I was going to tell you, you know, looking at, at the draft order, if this stays through, if this holds true, uh, I, I do, you know, what, what the Giants have and how their philosophies, I do see Haskins probably going earlier if they take a quarterback because they are in need, you know, it, Eli's time is running out. I believe he'll still be the he'll still be the starter there this year because they're on the hook for so much cash with him, and they're not going to be able to unload that. But you know, you bring somebody in like a Haskins that can be that pocket passer to play in that offense, unless they unless they want to get caught up with the rest of the league. You know, unless the Giants are changing their philosophy. I think a lot. You know, when you see a lot of these expert scouts and you know those that are looking at these big boards, like I said, they're going to go back and they're going to have Murray's rated out higher. But it does become it does become you know who the necessity for who is on the board at the time. Uh, I like Jacksonville, man. Hey, you know, we're wrestling guys. We know how hot Jacksonville is right now. Everybody wants a piece of that action, man. Everybody's heading, heading to Florida, hopping on the Jags train. Hey, it, it could be the all elite of the NFL. Then your next few picks here, you have the Lions, Bills, Broncos, and then at 11, Huckleberry Cincinnati Bengals at 12, my Green Bay Packers, and at 13, the Miami Dolphins. If I'm Kyler Murray, that's the job I want. I want to go to Miami. It's kind of hard to argue there, but but then again, you know, you, you have so many issues. You know, I know they've got a new regime coming and all that, and, uh, and last year they were kind of on that, that breakthrough. They're, they're changing things down there, but it's time after time with these guys. They just can't seem to get it right there. And as a young quarterback, you know, with the, these newer these newer systems in place, I mean, is it something you want to make that gamble on? Well, I mean, here's the thing: if I'm looking at it, and and I can, if I have the opportunity to go to Miami, all right, the Jets have a rookie quarterback. Brady's getting older; he's not going to play forever. The Bills are the Bills. I can go in there. We can build a team around Kyler Murray, play to his strengths. And with the weather in Miami, that's absolutely beneficial to his strengths. That's the way, place that I want to go if I'm Kyler Murray. I think I want to fall all the way down to 13. Hey, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what is really attractive to me here. If I'm in his shoes and I've kind of got my wish list, man, Denver really jumps out at me. You're close to that Midwest, you know, where you've got home base right now. You get to play under Elway, an absolute greatest of all time. Speaking uh, of a, a guy French- who, who, who could have played baseball. John Elway. Right. It's a guy that was, it's been in that position. He was a Yankee, damn it. Wasn't he, like, he, like, was the rookie of the year in their, uh, Cactus League or something Mm -hmm. like that, I believe. Yeah, he he was was good. (laughs) You know, you got somebody that understands you, right? You got a franchise that is committed 
not just winning, but but is thriving for Super Bowl championships. I mean, you're going to be in the best possible position to succeed in the NFL sitting there in Denver. How about this news? Lions GM Bob Quinn says that he's open to drafting a quarterback at number eight. He says we'll consider any position in the draft at any point in time, which is like the most generic LCDB answer that you could possibly have. But he goes on to say that we're now in a position with the eighth overall pick that the whole draft board is really wide open for us. We're not going to eliminate any prospects. In previous years, at least my last couple of years here, we've drafted anywhere from 16 to 22, I believe. It's a little bit different for us this year. If you're Matthew Stafford, how do you feel about that? He's getting up there. I, I think, you know, he secured his spot in, in the history of the Detroit Lions. You know, he's going to be, he's going to be remembered as one of their all time great quarterbacks. I, I don't know how much that means really. Uh, but he's got his spot there, but he is getting up there. It, to me, this entire statement, I think, you know, when we really dive in, you, you always talk about, you know, context is king. This answer came when he was specifically asked about a quarterback. So as you said, yes, this is the most gen, generic answer you possibly can give. You know what this really says to me? Yeah, you know, we're we're open to everything. They want to move this pick. That's they want to move very down much what I got to. Yep, yep. Um, the other team I think that is of interest, and I kind of mentioned there as we were running through it. Do you think the Raiders are in play? Do you think that they move Carr? Hey, I mean we've we've heard about that, right? Yeah, we've heard the, all kinds of rumors about it. I hey, mean, you know, but you know, John Gruden's this quarterback guru. Derek Carr is really freaking good. Why can't those two seem to get along? Well, I think even going back to if if they can't get along, you know, if there's kind of uh, if that is not a, a happy union, you're talking about a quarterback. And if you take a quarterback high, you're going to pay you're going to pay top dollar over those other positions. You talk about the, you know the genius of Gruden. You got to believe that he can wait later and get one of those diamonds in the rough that he could mold into that system that he wants to implement there for the Raiders. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about uh, your beloved Cleveland Browns. Got your ear to the ground there in the land. They made some waves yesterday going off and signing Kareem Hunt. Uh, now, my understanding is Kareem Hunt is still on the commissioner's exempt list. He cannot do anything until the NFL concludes their investigation <coughs> to that thing going back last year. Um, I saw he did issue a statement yesterday that he's just focused on playing football. He wants to move on from this issue. I apologize then. I'll, I'll apologize again. It was a very, very diplomatic answer. But I, I guess my first question is why did they even need Kareem Hunt? They've got Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. What the hell do they need Kareem Hunt for? Why not? I mean, load up. Get all the uh, ammo that you need, man. All the firepower that you can. And it's not like there are a lot of teams lining up here you know, to get, you know, to, to bring him in. Well, no, because they were going to take heat for it. That's the whole. And then, and then Cleveland, of course, goes and signs him. Of course, hey, it's it. Cleveland. It's hot in Cleveland, baby. Bring the heat. Like you said, I am up here with the people right now. No one, no one cares about the legal issues. It is about win, baby. Just win. The Browns are breaking through in this city. This fan base will do whatever it takes. I, I, I know some of these great fans. If you would ask them, you know, if you would guarantee them a Super Bowl, they would square kick their grandmother in the face. That is how important this is for them 
to have an opportunity to hell, not win a Super Bowl, not get to a Super Bowl, but make the postseason, to be able to look down at the rest of that division, to sit up top of the AFC North, there, there are no lengths that they would not go to here. Hey, and doesn't everyone, they, everyone deserves second chances, right? It was, he was put into a terrible situation. And, and this is still under investigation. Everybody wants to crucify and, and chastise and go at him here. I've never seen this, this footage. She had some of that coming. Oh, Vickery, we're going to get in trouble. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's talk a little bit of basketball. Twitch doesn't like it when we talk about James Harden. Every time we mention his name, we get thrown off of the stream. So today, let's talk about Russell Westbrook instead, because he's starting to piss me off. Uh, Ten straight triple doubles for Russell Westbrook. New NBA record. And I have every desire in my body to just come on here and rail on Russell Westbrook because I can't stand the kid. I think he's a ball hog. I think he's a glory hog. He ran Kevin Durant off. I'm still a Kevin Durant fan, even though he's making it very, very difficult these days. But I look at the stats, man, and OKC is 9-1 and one over this 10-game stretch. Only three and a half back of the Golden State Warriors. Do you buy into this Thunder team? You know, again, this goes back to you know what we were talking about with the beard last week. We don't want to say anything uh, specifically name-wise. We're having great success here on Twitter this week. This goes back to you know what all these all these amazing you know single accomplishments. They don't have parades for those. They have parades for rings. They have parades for championships. This isn't going to do anything here when they run into some of these some of these you know. The elite teams, they run into Golden State. They're going to shut this thing down. Oh, man. Could, could you imagine if those two teams met in the Western Conference Finals? Kevin Durant would have a chip on his soul, shoulder so damn big. I'd take Golden State in four. Oh, they would absolutely shut them down here. Yeah, just absolutely destroy them. Uh, speaking of teams that aren't going to be winning championships anytime soon, how about the Lakers? Three and seven over the last ten. That team is completely falling apart. Thank you, Dell Demps, and his goddamn conspiracy that he launched. He was never going to trade Anthony Davis. He was the one that was leaking all these damn trade rumors. He tried to ruin the entire Lakers locker room. Sounds like he's basically succeeded in ruining the Lakers locker room. Magic has to get on a plane, fly all the way across the country to go address the team. Rick, what is going on out in Hollyweird? Well, see, you know, we were we were kind of putting over, hey, the Pelicans were just standing up to LeBron here, and, and they got one past the Kings. I mean, let's let's not kid ourselves out there, anybody. You know, this looks bad for the Lakers, but it was it's always LeBron forcing the hand of management, and that's anywhere he's been, Cleveland, Miami, back to Cleveland, and now we're seeing that in L.A., and, and the Pelicans, hey, they, they stood up to the bully here. But, I, but I'm kind of wondering now, in that backlash, is this going to affect how other teams want to deal with the Pelicans? Well, I don't know if it – well, yeah, if, if they're going to be leaking stuff like that, then absolutely. If I'm a team like Boston, there's no way I'm talking to New Orleans. I'll just wait until his damn contract runs out, and I'll make a play for him then. But, I mean, if I'm a player, if you're going to try to put something together down there in New Orleans, like say you get a whole bunch of draft picks and you bring in all this talent, if I'm a free agent and you're – if you're the New Orleans Pelicans and you're calling, I ain't picking up the phone. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it's this this backlash here. You know, are, are other teams going to want to deal with them? Are you know players going to want to deal with them? I mean, how you know how trustworthy are they right now? 
Well, I mean, I and you know, I feel like this also goes all the way back to the damn Chris Paul deal. Like, I am so freaking sick and tired of dealing with New Orleans. The NBA completely screwed us on the Chris Paul deal, but he ended up going to the damn Clippers. There's a conspiracy against the Lakers. That's what's going on here. Everybody just wants to hate on the Lakers because, you know, they've been a successful team, so screw them. They've been a successful team. I, I think, you know, this is just uh, one of those things that you're conjuring up in, in your own Lakerdom. You know, the reason we have to talk about these guys every week is you feel that everybody wants to hear about your Lakers, and they're the most important thing going on here, man. I think this is in your head, Jorga. Is is that not accurate? I, we have the best player in the world. I, we have the biggest brand when it comes to the NBA. You know, this is like, you know, if uh, – Tom Brady was playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, we wouldn't be talking about the Cowboys every week. Well, we talk about the Cowboys quite a bit, but... Well, that's because they're the best team in the East. But, but going back to this, you know, it, but still, I mean, they are, they're barely a playoff team. They're not. They're, you know, they're, they're in the 10th spot. That's what I'm saying. You know, they're, they're even, you know, they're right there trying to, you know, just grab onto one of those lower seeds there. And, and the problem is we should be talking about you know, what's happening on the court? How good are these teams? Well, now we are stuck in this la-la land drama oh, that we're getting here awful. with the Lakers. So, I mean, this is not the Lakers of the glory days. This isn't showtime where we're talking about how magnificent they are on the floor, these larger-in-life personalities that come alive, you know, during the game and all that, that just that you're in awe of what they can do up and down that floor. Now we're talking about essentially grab deck. We're talking about reality TV stuff right now. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on, man. You're, if uh, anybody that's listening to us right now, if you haven't heard my interview with Scorpio Sky from months ago when we were talking about the LeBron deal, this is why I was out on LeBron. I just you, you, you attach yourself to LeBron, and LeBron James becomes your brand, and that can be good, but not when you're a team like the Lakers. It just doesn't work out. Oh, here we go. This is a little interesting, though, on, on a Lakers note. Uh Coming up here in just a little under two weeks, man. Saturday, February 23rd at New Orleans. Ooh, yeah. Going to be a little bit of heat in that building. That's for damn sure. Let's uh, throw things over to baseball because we've got this interesting new trend that's happening, Rick. This happened last year, and now it's happening again this year. Your two hottest free agents, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, still free agents. Spring training is underway, and we still have the two biggest free agents that were on the market still out there. Uh, Boston's closer, his name escapes me right now, but he's still out there on the market. There's still a couple of starting pitchers that the Yankees really, really need to sign. But no, Bryce Harper and Manny Machado out there still just kind of lingering on. Is this going to be the new normal? How long is this free agency thing going to drag on? Well, I think, you know, it's just what we're seeing here in baseball is finally – they're getting tired of, you know, forking over these, these just astronomical retarded. contracts. Yeah. Retarded money. <clears throat> just, you, I mean, you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. Yeah. I mean, and these are, these are, like I said, man, we've never seen this in any sport here. And this is absolutely guaranteed money. It goes back to, you know, we we're making that argument at the top of the show, baseball or football. I mean, you get to this level, when I mean, you're talking what Harper's asking for. Oh my God. I mean, like you said, this is just completely ridiculous what we're talking about here. And I guess now, you know, as we saw last year, it's, it's a, it's a waiting game. Who's going to break? And the crazy thing is it's sounding more and more like 
both of these guys are going to go to one team. It seems like the most popular potential landing spots right now for Bryce Harper, you have the Phillies, the White Sox, the Giants, and the Padres. For Manny Machado, you have the Phillies, the White Sox, and the Padres. And at least the Phillies and the Giants are interested in bringing in both of these guys. Like, the Yankees really need to get their stuff together and get these guys under contract. What are we waiting for? Yeah, man, where's the evil empire at, man? Where's where's those deep deep pockets, man? My God. You know, but the thing is... You know, know if the old man was still living, they'd already be reporting. Oh, if George George had it on, man, Bryce Harper would have a freaking crew top, be clean-shaven, and getting paid just a absolutely ridiculous amount of money. But if I'm the Yankees... I'm going out and I'm signing all these damn pitchers. We don't need Bryce Harper. We don't need Manny Machado. Scoring runs is not the Yankees' problem. We need to stop the other team from scoring runs. That is the Yankees' problem. I, why, why do these teams keep loading up on these bats when we know it's been proven for a hundred years pitching wins championships? Sex and home runs sell. God. Damn, that, that's what it is. Crazy. I mean, look, look at this. It's just, it's a society where they go back to the Super Bowl. They go back to a classic defensive battle and everybody dumps on it because it wasn't the over the top, high flying circus act of an offense that you've seen all year. So when you're looking at attendance in these ballparks, man, they want runs produced. That's why they're building the smaller parks. They want home runs. They want bombs, baby. Could you imagine Bryce Harper playing in San Francisco all year? It's going to be like Barry Bonds all over again. You're going well, to have people a, out there on freaking boats waiting for balls. Well, um, just go, just imagine, imagine how that was, and to be able to see that again. You, they're not worried about a guy, you know, that could, that's going to, you know, continually go, constantly go out there and strike out the side, and, and you know, have you know, set records for ERA and all that. They want all the canoes and the boats and everything sitting in the bay and watching Harper, Harper just bomb away there. Oh, it's just awful. Uh, let's throw things over to college basketball, and then we'll become homers here for a second and uh, talk about our Blue Devils. But number one, we have to talk about the Tar Heels going down. Yeah! That's almost as good as a Duke win, as far as I'm concerned, especially the way the ACC is looking right now. Virginia bounces back, gets UNC. Uh, Huckleberry, what are you making of these three teams atop the a- uh, ACC right now? Because right now, it's looking like three of the final four teams are coming out of the ACC from what I'm seeing. Uh, that that would be a, an incredible feat for the conference there. I still think, you know, Virginia, it, it scares me that Duke has had their number. It scares and, me if we have to play them again. And every time that we play them again, it, it's go, I get you know, a little more worried. You know, if we, can, if we beat them in the ACC tournament, then if we run into them in the in the actual March Madness in the big tournament, I'm going to be terrified of that matchup because at some point Virginia is too good of a team to get swept in this series. You know, as much as everybody is high on Duke and, and we love it as we are, you know, we're Dukies through and through. This Virginia team is one of the absolute best that we've seen over the course of the last decade. They're, they're hands down one of the best in the country right now. So they're gonna they're gonna get one of those games. This is a good basketball team. Now, obviously, everyone knows how good Duke is. They had just you know those two letdowns. But what I really find most impressive with Duke, there's two letdowns. You know that one out in Hawaii. I, I kind of even then I joke, hey, it, it wasn't in the mainland. It doesn't count. They were they were distracted there. Then they had that you know another who got there. Who was the second one? It was uh, 
Syracuse. Syracuse. Yeah, yeah. It was the orange. And it was like they shot lights out and we couldn't hit water if we fell out of a boat. Yeah, it was one of those, like, Syracuse was shooting, like, 65 from the field that, you know, that afternoon. And Duke shot, like, 28. And we were were dealing with the injury bug right then. So, and and Duke, I I really am impressed how they are, you know, lining up outside of that Gonzaga game against these other top-tier teams. I mean, we are seeing them play at a different level when they're stepping on the court against the people that we think are, you know, going to be elite eight and beyond. UNC, to me, they they just seem that notch down there. I don't know if they are Final Four bound. Uh, and, you know, it's all going to be about where they're placed, you know, placed in those brackets there. But let's just see what we got out here, man. And, and this one, every time I see them play, it, it just wows me how good Tennessee is. Yeah, Tennessee is the other team that is out there, and they're, they're what, on an 18-game winning streak? I mean, my God. And it's not like they're just playing awful teams. They are in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're lining up against some of, you know, it's the best It's not like they're Gonzaga. But Gonzaga, right there, I mean, we're talking about potential number one seats going into this thing. You talk about some greatness. Uh, Gonzaga would probably be, you know, that that fourth number one. Then you've got Virginia, Duke, and Tennessee. I mean, that's a hell of a lineup right there. That is a hell of a lineup. But I don't buy Gonzaga in any way, shape, or form. Just like I never bought Wichita State. The same reason I don't buy UCF when it comes to football. Play somebody. Well, I'd say the only difference there in making those comparisons those are kind of flash in the pan. And even, you know, Central Florida, who's been there for a couple of years. I mean, Gonzaga has been amongst, you know, talked about the top programs in college basketball for over a decade now. You know, they, they've got, they've, they've shed at that label of being that fun underdog that teams rooted for every year. You know, now they're one, they're one up to hunt it now. Had a couple of our friends ask us over there in the Hameen Media Discussion Group on Facebook if we were going to talk about the Alliance of American Football. And Huckleberry, I got it. It's all right here. It's on the run. But you know what? Unfortunately, we're out of time for this week. And, you know, we, we work on a very hard deadline. Our shows never go long or anything like that. What do you think? Do you want to talk about the AAF or, or, or should we just save it for next week? Uh, I'll leave it to you, man. But I, hey, I, I, this league has got my attention. Does it really? Are you hooked on this thing? Well, I don't know if I'm hooked on it, but you know what it kind of means to football in general. Hey, a great opening week for them. They beat the NBA. They had, they had a two one. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that is the biggest stories is the rating that they pulled for this first week. And especially from our perspective as pro wrestling guys, these are the same kind of numbers that Fox is going to be looking for when SmackDown makes the move over to Fox. But, you know, I, I'd like to point out, you know, let's let's not get overly excited about this number. Let's go back to, you know, the XFL, XFL. in week one. Everybody tuned in for the novelty. What's this thing going to be about? You know, we're just coming off of the Super Bowl. People are still, you know, they still got that appetite for some football. So check this thing out. Some of these rule changes I wasn't really up with. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think, you know, there is some innovation there. Uh, I just don't know. And it looked like they had, you know, at the games they had, you know, the tickets were – we're relatively well, you know, for something like this, you know, yeah. for subpar, you know, for what we're used to from football. I think what's really going to be interesting, let me, I guess I'll ask you this first. Do you think it's an advantage that they're out of the gate before XFL or is it a disadvantage? Hmm. That's an interesting question that I hadn't really thought about. Because I really think, you know, only one of these two is, is going to survive. Well, I, I think. 
Well, of course, now we know that Bob Stoops is affiliated with the XFL. So that's a, that's one name that actually gives them a little bit of credibility. Um, well, I mean, you got Spurrier is with this uh, AAF. Well, that's what I was going to say. You know, when you look through here, you know, you've got Kevin Coyle, Rick Neuheisel, Steve Spurrier, Mike Singletary, Dennis Erickson. You know, th- th- there's some names here working with the AAF that, are absolutely impressive names. I know Michael Vick is working with a team, not necessarily as a coach, but he's working with one of the teams. Um, Zach Mettenberger's playing in the league. The thing is, as I look through some of these rosters, it almost looks like, hey, we have practice squad football. Well, that's what this is. And again, this is more of a development league, which you're going to see with the XFL right now. Neither of these are going to be direct feeders for the time being. I mean, that's going to be a little bit down the line. You know, for, where one of them is just going to have to emerge as the front runner, whichever one can get to that plateau first, I think the other one obviously dies off. But you bring up a, a very interesting point where you got the A, the AAF. It's it seems like you know at its base, its fundamentals are built around core football people. Where with the XFL, we're going to see more. You know, that's driven by entertainment. Yep. At its very core, I mean, they've got some. You know, they're bringing in some great some great football minds as well that are linked to the XFL. But I don't think, you know, they really touch to that, that core unit that we're seeing with the American Alliance or whatever the heck it is. Um, I think when I look at the XFL, you know what they need to do? They need to uh, hit up Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons of the L.A. Kiss and uh, and make them an XFL team because, you know, do you watch any of that uh, arena football stuff? It's been a long time. I, I used to. I, hey, it used to. It was my spring football. I loved arena football. Uh, uh, in Cincinnati, we had like an AFL two team for a little while. Absolutely loved it. We have a team here in Cedar Rapids. I'm just not a fan of the game. I'm not a fan of of the format of the game. But uh, when Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons bought a team, and they were trying to incorporate like Kiss Entertainment into football, I was very intrigued as to what that would look like, and it was absolutely something, and and I think that's very much what the XFL is going to be going for as well. I did get to see one game. I saw San Antonio and San Diego, which in looking at the scores and whatnot, looks like it was probably the worst game of the first weekend. Orlando 40, Atlanta 6. San Antonio beats San Diego 15-6. Birmingham defeats Memphis 26 to nothing, and then the game I wish I would have saw, Arizona a 38 and salt lake 22 yeah i was gonna say i, I kind of got the highlights from each one so obviously i'm seeing the best of the best i'm gonna have to this weekend really sit down and watch a game uh, i know a little bit from what i saw from the rules and others that i talked to it takes a little bit of getting used to like but you know we're just familiar you know with the nfl style and, and how that's presented uh, i will say on a positive just kind of close out you know i'm a marketing guy it's how i look at things and, and i will give them credit you know i've already you know, through my clients seeing that they are out there, uh, they're contacting people to let them know, hey, you know, use this as a marketing patch. They, they want to do that grassroots. Tell people about us. Run specials. Try to get people invested. Just, you know, feed off of that football frenzy. So kudos to them for, you know, reaching out and, and realizing they're going to need support from, from places like sports bars and those larger venues if this thing's going to succeed. Saturday's games at 2 p.m. on TNT. You have Salt Lake at Birmingham. Uh, Saturday night at 8 p.m., Arizona at Memphis. These all Eastern Standard Time for Huckleberry. Uh, and then on Sunday, we have 
Orlando at San Antonio, 4 p.m. on CBS, and Atlanta at San Diego at 8 p.m. on NFL Network, of course, going up against the Elimination Chamber on WWE Network. So, it's 10-week season. It'll be interesting to see how this thing kind of plays out. We'll at least keep an eye on it. Maybe we'll just get, like, score updates here on a, on a weekly sort of basis. So that'll wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening at twitch.tv backslash hitting the marks or hitting the marks.podbean.com or thank you for downloading on your favorite podcast listening device. You can catch Huckleberry and I Friday over on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast via all those platforms except Twitch because we ain't doing that. Not for a three-hour show. Uh-uh, not gonna happen. Until then, you can find us on Twitter at HTMPWPod. You can find me at NotJargo. Huckleberry, if the people are just listening and can't read the little graphics on the screen there, why don't you tell the people how to find you? Well, as always, uh, you can follow me across all social media platforms at the Real RBV. And for our viewers, listeners out there that are also fans of professional wrestling, make sure you're heading on over to Facebook. Check out the Hami Media Discussion Group. As Jargo mentioned, Elimination Chamber is coming up. We, we've got a ton of interactive threads going on for the event, and that's highlighted by our Pick'em Challenge. Uh, since you that is, you pick the winners. You kind of uh, you weigh them how confident you are and match your skills uh, against some of the brightest minds, some of the brightest fans in all professional wrestling. And me. Yeah. Some of the hey, greatest fans hey, in professional hey, wrestling. Hey, and if you, if you can find a friend and, and you guys have got the goods, you can step up to the uh, to the Pick'em Challenge Tag Team Champions, them HTM boys. I don't know how in the world that happened. I really don't because my Rumble Pick'em was awful. Not as bad and as I, Monday Night Raw, but it was awful. And I forgot about it, and I just duplicated your picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's show. We'll talk to you next Tuesday on an all-new edition of HTM Sports. For now, Jargo out.